Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song, whether it's red or blue, old apartment or new. Joining me tonight, I have my co-hosts, Aaron, Jeff, and Heidi. Hello. Hello. And we have a special guest tonight, Craig Downey from the band Enter the Haggis. He's the creator of the band, the trumpeteer, the person who plays the bagpipes and am i right that you're also the bass singer that i hear like on the song like one last drink that's your bass voice yes it is um and then you, nice. you you are also the the flautist well well sort of i'm i'm a fake flautist but uh i i play tin whistles ah so you see you don't have to hold it sideways and blow over it like a pop bottle. So that's, <laughs> that's why I do that. And then also guitar? Yeah, a bit of guitar. I, I Three chords and the truth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. watching the videos last night. I'm like, is there any, are there any instruments you don't play? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I guess, I guess as long as you're good, uh, good for one song on on each instrument, then you can fool people that you're you're some kind of impresario. You know? Well, you fooled but me. One, oh well, yeah. Well, that's what counts. Eh? That's what people are doing. It doesn't take much to fool him. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No. It, it, I, no. There's a lot of things. I mean, the the main instruments for me are pipes and trumpet. I was a you know, trumpet was my main instrument for a while. Uh, but the other ones I can get by on. So tell us a little bit more about Enter the Haggis. Well, uh, lately we've had a bit of downtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think pretty well everyone has, has had a bit of downtime lately. Um, but, uh, you know, we should look ahead, a little more ahead. Or maybe we should look into the past if I'm telling you about Enter the Haggis. Um sure. Yeah, well, we're, uh, for those of you out there who don't know who we are, we're kind of a Celtic rock band. I guess that's the best description. We've uh, got an awful lot of influences that all seem to come together, and I guess that's why we kept the name Haggis, because a Haggis is basically whatever you can get uh, boiled in the <laughs> lining of a stomach. I learned that from So I Married an Axe Murderer, FYI. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Proof <laughs> that watching movies is not a waste of time. All right. <laughs> now, how did you happen to come to, to Bare Naked Ladies, like l- listening to them and enjoying uh, them? You know what? It's a, it, it goes back quite a while. It goes back to about... I think it goes back to about like 1991 or something like that, where um, a friend of mine said, uh, I, I was trying to, I was getting into theater at the time and I was trying to get into some kind of comedy theater and improvising theater and that type of thing. And I was, I didn't live in Toronto, but it was uh, just outside. And a friend of mine said, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to ultrasound tonight. And ultrasound being a, one of the hip bars in Toronto. 
And I'm going to see this band, uh, the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Wow. Well, that's a name for for a band. Usually, that would mean going somewhere else to see it. <laughs> that you know, and by that name. So uh, anyway, we went to Ultrasound, and we we could barely get in with a shoehorn. And uh, there was, I mean, they weren't big yet, you know, but the word was out. And, uh, man, that place was crammed. And, of course, I was blown away. And I'm watching these guys just play for a bit and then just improvise for a bit. Just talk to each other. Yeah. Like they were a bunch of kids in a classroom being naughty. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I, I, can, I can be naughty. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance for me to make it somehow. I hadn't even really thought about putting a band together at that point. But uh, that's kind of when it happened for me. Just around that that time, I just started thinking. I, I had already made my my mind up that I wanted to be some kind of an entertainer because nothing else had worked out. But that's where it that's where it all started for me with the bare naked ladies. And of course, after that, I got the uh, somebody had the tape. You know the the five song. I think it was five songs, same both sides, side A and side A, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I, and I I listened to that, and I thought, you know, this is this is great. I mean, these guys are funny, and this stuff is entertaining, and they they've got a great band going, and all the rest of it. I thought, you know, maybe this is more what I should be into instead of trying to be an actor, because there was something like two thousand, so I've been told, theater groups going in Toronto at that time. You know, most of them very tiny and not getting anywhere. And, and it seemed like everyone on their dog wanted to be an actor. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a heck of a lot easier once I got it going, you know, with, with Enter the Haggis to uh, to make a living. It was a bit of a surprise, actually. <laughs> so the band, uh, yeah, the Bare, Bare Naked Ladies was a, a tremendous surprise uh, or um, uh, a tremendous uh, source of inspiration to me. Wow. You know? Yeah. Very cool. Now, you had also mentioned that you actually got to share a stage with them in Vancouver, BC. Yeah, we did. Um, we played at a festival uh, out that way. If you ever get a chance to go out and check it out, fantastic uh, festival, the Vancouver Island Music Festival. Really good place. They take care of you. And everyone is kind of forced to uh, amalgamate and play stuff together, except, of course, the big headliner, which was the Bare Naked Ladies. And they were the big, you know, the big stars of the festival. And this would have been, ah, I don't know, it might have been 2018. I'm trying to remember. Or was it 2019? Yeah, you know, who knows? Before, <laughs> we've had COVID since. We don't know what's going on anymore. We don't count the years anymore. <laughs> Yeah, ancient history before 2020, isn't it? It feels so, like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, they uh, we were actually the last band on that night. And uh, we heard from, uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to them much or anything. Um, we just kind of saw them. And um, we, we'd heard from uh, the guy running the, the festival, Doug Cox, who has run it every year. And he said, yeah, the guys were telling me that 
the bare naked lady said, "Hey, we thought we were the headliners, you know? How come Andrew the Haggis is going on the box, right?" But uh, what what they did, you know, what they didn't know was that it was on the last day of the festival. Everyone starts leaving just you know a little after it gets dark. Everyone starts petering out. So, I mean, I guess we could brag and pretend that the Bare Naked Ladies opened up for us. You know? <laughs> uh, but that would be very, very not true. Uh, they had the, the, the good spot. And, man, they rocked it. They, they were incredible. And we were at the side of the stage going, oh, God, we got to go on after these guys. <laughs> but, I don't know about this. Let's just go home now. Oh. <laughs> Well, I've, I've heard from a number of your fans, and they, they say that you're pretty amazing. Oh, well, you might have a chance to find out for yourself if you come out to one of the shows that are up and coming. And I, I think you're located somewhere in Maine. Is that not true? That is true, yes. You guys are actually coming on your near tour, knock on wood, as long as everything remains cogent. Like yeah. You're, you're coming to Waterville, which is Aaron and I's old stomping wow. ground. Yep, I know yeah. the area well. Yeah, it's going to be at the uh, the opera. Uh, what is it called? Waterville Opera House. I mm. used to run the soundboard for the opera. Oh, house. you did! Oh yeah. my gosh! And I used oh, to wow. be an actor on the <laughs> <Yeah>, stage. <laughs> yeah, you you get in for free for sure. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them you know the soundboard and you know me. Oh, and you're going to be in Millersville, Pennsylvania, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there you are. Yeah. Millersville's right down the Millersville's right down the road for me. Yep. Maybe it would be a good idea for me to pull up my tour schedule so I could actually talk about. It. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually pull, I was yeah. pulling it up right and now. And you're going to be in Concord, New but, Hampshire, on February 3rd, which is a half hour away from me. So <laughs> now I know to get some tickets. That's that's awesome. Yeah, you're going to be right near my hometown. That's well, awesome. well, you folks, I, I'm sure I can. I I have I have ways. I can I can get you in. Sweet. Oh, sweet. I know the band. I just put it on my calendar for February third. That's awesome. Because yeah, you're there. You're in my house the day before. You're in Tracy and Aaron's house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're just <laughs> you planned this, didn't you? You just got like the all our areas. <laughs> I, I, I planned it that way. Right. Well, well. Speaking so, of houses, we should probably talk talk about this week's house, which is this old apartment? house, or or rather, the old apartment. <laughs> I was gonna say it's not a house. No. It's an apartment. Yeah, <laughs> this old house is like that's a Bob Vila thing. Yeah. This old house. This is there so. Is this is house. a Paige Robertson song. But Aaron, what album's it on? Uh, this one was a tough one. Um, at first. I mean, obviously, Stephen Page is singing, so this is before the schism. Um, at first, I thought, because it's sort of a straightforward rock or pop rock song with a little country twang, which tends to be how they gravitated towards later years, and not that they didn't do that stuff prior. First, I was thinking Bare Naked Ladies are, are me or men, but I started listening really carefully to the instruments and the production, and the closest song I could kind of think of for what it sounded like, like listening to the, the way the guitar sounded and stuff was just a toy, a song that I really like. And if I recall, that song was off of 
Born on a Pirate Ship, which is an album that I almost always forget about when I'm trying to play songs on. So did I mess Man. up? No, did you got me? it right. Oh I, would also, oh, good. Okay. I would also <laughs> say there's an instrument missing in this song, and that might be a giveaway, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Before Kevin was fully integrated, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. there's no right. keyboard in the studio version. <sighs> that, nope. that is, I got to remember that for my next Born on a Pirate Ship. Aaron, can I share with you, just FYI, what I've Please. now started doing? So I made myself for the new nice. year a notebook. Yeah, she is. So you can Ooh, see nice. my analysis for the awesome. whole She's song. gotten organized. So um, I'm going through every single song and keeping my analysis every week in this book. So, um, But I'm pretty stoked because there's no way I can be wrong this week because Aaron also. Oh, no way. I have. <laughs> So I wow. absolutely know that I'm well, correct. I <laughs> told you to keep that secret and not tell him and like <laughs> nail it. And I'm, I know, but I'm so cool that I have it. <laughs> it does. It does make you cool. It does make like, you know. just. You, that's like three cool points, right? There. Yeah, yeah, right there. At least, yeah. at least, I do. Yeah. Because this, I don't think you can find anymore. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, that's cool. Find. Is it like the real book for BNL? Mm-hmm. No, it's just the best of Bare Naked oh, Ladies um, um, vocal guitar book, um, oh, cool. piano guitar book. But I'm glad because it shows you the capoed guitar as well as the yeah. original piano yeah. keyboards. Oh, oh. So that's nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. You don't usually see that in uh, usually those types of. <clears throat> oh, what have I caught from you, Tracy? <laughs> oh no, it's going through the, the Zoom. Yeah, it's an email virus. <laughs> Hairball, These zoom know. blocks aren't six feet apart. That's part of the problem. Oh, <laughs> that would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get further from the screen. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> but I was uh what I was going to say, uh Heidi, was uh that yeah, that's a great thing that they actually show you what the what the chords are yeah. with a capo on because you know it's totally it's a different deal than yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, if you want to sing in the same chords that they're uh, that they're singing in. <clears throat> they wouldn't, really they wouldn't show you the mm-hmm. capo uh, position if they didn't, if it wasn't the same one, you know, the way that they're doing it. And a lot of these books, you know, have you guys seen uh, Get Back? Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Not, yeah, but I want to. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. on the list. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a part in there where they actually discuss just how terrible a lot of those fake books are. Those <laughs> yeah. All the rest of it, you know, and, yeah. and they really are. There's there's crap in there. If you you go through a, a a fake book or a real book or whatever you want to call it, and you look through it, you'll you'll always find stuff. There's either something completely missing out of out of it altogether, like maybe the introduction. I mean, that's kind of important. Yeah. But you don't see if you look at a, a most Beatles uh, books, you look at you don't see the intro to Let It Be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole it's a whole thing. You know, I I know it's the same chord progression that's used in the song, but Usually it's not there, uh, or or they write uh, every every song will be in the key of C, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. is, you know, it isn't the case in, in real life. That's what know? I was gonna say. I, I've yeah. noticed recently looking up songs is they simplify it. It's and it's always the straightforward uh, chords. It's C yeah. E D. They don't tell you if it's a C or like an E major nine. seven. Oh, or guess C9. what, Jeff? You're yeah. gonna love this song. There's a C add nine in it. There's I know. I I hear it. <laughs> My favorite chord. <laughs> well, it's take. It's a C add nine when you're capoed at three. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's an right. E flat add like, nine yeah. here right. in okay. the I, I was, regular. Key. I was looking at my notes saying, "Wait, wait, there's a C add nine in this song." <laughs> it's if it's capo, if you Aaron, capo it's a C add nine. <laughs> you guitar people, you're all the Instead same. <laughs> speaking of that, do you want the breakdown? Well, speaking of that, if you've never heard this song before, here's a quick snippet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Broken to the old apartment. I do want to throw a few facts out there before we before we do the breakdown, if that's all right. Please. Tracy facts. <laughs> <laughs> Has got it going on. Um, so that's the melody I heard. <laughs> this was the second <laughs> single off this album. Um, it actually did really well. It hit number 40 on the top 40 for Billboard in the U.S. and number 88 on the Billboard Hot 100. In Canada, it hit number 14, though. Like, it really it really skyrocketed in Canada. Um, the one that they released, though, is not the one that's on the album. It's actually the single... If you can see here, if you turn it around, it is, oh, well, yeah, well, it, you'll have to believe me. It's the radio remix. They actually did a radio remix of this, and that's what they released for the single, along with the second on the album was Lovers in a Dangerous Time. The remix has the intro, right? The remix has the... The studio version just goes right into Broken. But <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So th there's that. There's a slight mixed difference with it being a little bit heavier on some of the instruments and also on the radio mm. remix they do the audio change with steven's voice on the bridge they do a kind of a distance kind of canny type sound oh to yeah it. yeah right um, yeah okay but other than that it's almost exactly the same um i don't know if they intended this to be a hit though because it's number seven on the album. Who puts their second hit single off the album number seven when they're organizing? Like maybe they were thinking along the lines of a set list because I can tell you sometimes when you're writing a set list, I mean an album order, uh, a song order, and a set list are a bit different. Hmm, yeah, but in a set list, you try to put all Sprinkle your stuff in the middle yeah. <laughs> or slower stuff and then try to drive it up a bit, you know, at the end so that you, you finish the set with some kind of, you know, uh, power to it. We do anyway. Well, now I, you know our secrets. I could understand it a little bit more if it were like number eight, because that would be the first song on side B, but both of their singles on this album are the last song on on their respective sides. So you have Shoebox, that's the last song on the disc, and then you have The Old Apartment, which is the last, if you have a vinyl, it's the last song on that side of the, of the album. Well, <laughs> Shoebox was a single too, wasn't it? Yeah, they were the, both, both the only singles off this album. 
<laughs> shoebox in an old apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again, I have major problems with the way they organized this disc. You, yeah, that's that's definitely a. You could have just stopped it at major problems. Period. <laughs> yes, true. Anywho, um, yeah. So other than that, why don't we do a breakdown, Heidi? Aaron, do you want me to do the uh, the 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 chord progressions if you do the form, or do you want to split? Sure. Yeah, let's it's do that. breakdown. So, did you know she had an intro now? Yep. I have an intro. Yeah, I, I love it. it. I love it's it. Great. <laughs> it's great. No copyright law infringement there at all. Makes me want to go backpacking through Europe. Oh, good. So, as we already <laughs> know, it's from With some girl named Carrie. Anyway, <laughs> from Vokes, 1997, Paige Robertson tune. Uh, it is in the key of B flat major. Um, I love that once again, we see on some websites, A sharp major or B flat. <laughs> I was like, there's no yeah. such thing as A sharp major. A sharp major. <laughs> anyway, um, it does follow a very basic, um, Aaron's going to deal with the form, um, but I'll take the progression of uh, your basic one, five, four, uh, which is pretty much prevalent through the whole thing, except there's a weird moment hold on, right where you get into, um, oh, the G minor seven chord is the one difference there. So, <clears throat> so you have a six, a minor six, seven chord when you get into the verse. Um, um, well, or that I know we don't live here anymore in the bridge, actually. Um, yeah. sorry. No, that's exactly um, but what it I basically is it follows your very traditional one five four one five four one five four. You've got again that strange just flip. Um, the one fun part, well, it, it's all fun. This is my favorite <laughs> songs of all time. Is oh, wow. in the verse where I want it back. He lands on a um, half cadence. He lands on a five chord. So it kind of tells you the song's not over yet. Um, and it so it gives you that that kind of holds part. But a very simple form. But again, one of the greatest <clears throat> songs. Uh, so that's the basic chordal progression breakdown. Did you have, I had, it was, um, I want to, well, okay, here's the interesting thing, Hattie. Here's my real question for you. Yeah. Would you consider this song to start on the chorus? I consider this song to start on the chorus. Yes. Yeah, that's, Except that's for the I intro said. version, it starts on the chorus because you've yeah. got the bro- broken to the old apartment is the chorus. Right. And then he doesn't get into the verse. And, and that's how it is in the book too, by the way, before okay. I even looked that's- at it. Yeah. The verse is why did you paint right. the walls? Why right. did you clean the floor? Those are these mini little verses which are well, great. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting form. It's not mm-hmm. your standard and, and it's kind of I guess it's kind of like folk derivative. A lot of their stuff that is kind of atypical I feel like is kind of taken from folk song structure where it's like verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus. Um but in this case yeah, they, I I consider them to start on the chorus. So I'm glad that you you mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. Um so we have our A section, our chorus, which, you know, again, uh, as Heidi pointed out, is basically one, five, four. Uh, and then we go into our verse one. Why did you paint the walls? Um, so with I did have a question about the verse. Um, maybe I was maybe that was the bridge. There was definitely a part where I, I feel like it went one, five, six, four. And that, I think, is in the bridge. The G minor. Isn't, isn't that the four chords of pop right there? 
One five. Well, six. yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> axis of awesome or yeah, whatever. Axis yeah. Of awesome. One five six four. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's very much a classic. But we have so we have chorus A. You know, your intro A, chorus A. Uh, verse one is your B. Interesting to have a verse of B. Uh, chorus A, chorus A. Uh, verse two B, chorus A, and then I said bridge, which is C section, which is very similar to the verse. But uh, slight slight changes there, and then your course again. Then we vamp on one five four until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like again, yeah, very kind of folksy in its structure. It's a really fun tune. It has uh, more than a little bit of that '90s pop rock sound. Like I can hear a little Counting Crows, a little bit of the Wallflowers, maybe even a little Hootie and the Blowfish in there. Mm. How about you guys? Oh, you know what, Aaron? At the bridge, the I yeah. know we don't live here anymore. Right. There's a two seven chord right there. Okay. Two seven chord. We bought an old yes. house on the dance yeah. floor. That part right there. So there is that two seven chord that makes that kind of funkiness. So yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Music theory is super feel. fun, y'all. Super it's, fun. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a cool tune. Um the, I'm sure Tracy will talk about the many variants. Apparently, I, I only heard this one in the the demo. The demo, of course, is much more stripped down yeah. and much shorter. With uh, lyric, the lyric changes too, a couple lyric yeah. changes. Yeah, listening to that, I can understand how the song got a slightly unusual, sort of folksy form because the original it was almost like kind of a, a sad ballad, like a minor ballad. Broke into the old apartment. This is where we used to live Broken windows, broken hungry Broken hearts and broken bones This is where we used to live it definitely has more of almost like a sea shanty form. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it doesn't sound like a sea shanty, but it's got that kind of very, very folk uh, uh, kind of interesting. And it's very, very short again. So it's like only a minute and a half, I think for the demo. So um, it's interesting to see how the song evolved. Like, I like the studio version a lot. I mean, I, the, yeah. the original interesting and I think, but I can see why I think um, Steve wrote it as like kind of a sad, minor ballad and then ed was like why don't we you know kind of uh, <laughs> kick it up a little and, and turn it into a pop rock song and i just i love to me since the pop rock version the the studio version has a little bit more of that manic energy i think it pairs really well with the lyrics which are a little unhinged yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's very programmatic I, that's I a good it. way to anyway, put it so. yeah because you do kind of get it you do kind of wonder about this guy in the song we'll, we'll get to the lyrics <laughs> yeah, but you do you do question his motives quite a bit. <laughs> I know we're going to touch lyrically, but melodically, it's also very interesting because mm. you bring up a good point. In the verse, it doesn't sound like it's a, like it tricks you so yeah. much because yeah. he does the, you know, why did you paint the walls? Why did you clean the floor? Why did you plaster over the whole bunch in the door? This is where we used to live. You think that that's the chorus right there, but it's not. It's like, oh, no, psych. Why did you? <laughs> that's keep that's the my favorite moment of the song it's, right there. Still, right after the first think, part of the well, yeah, that, you know, that's yeah. where the chorus is starting, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. It's still the verse. It's a very I, interesting melodic, melodic yeah, yeah, I, uh, line. I appreciate that there's there's no like I mean there's like some repetition you know why did you blah 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 and like it, it was our house or whatever or it was our place, um, but there the lyrics continue to change. There's no like standard refrain right. that doesn't nothing change. ever repeats. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's why I think it's a little hard to differentiate the verse and the chorus because they both change. And uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize. So it's actually through composed then. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say uh, so. Got to. I'll have to go back and check because not something I'd really thought about because it flows so well. Yeah. You know, usually, you know, a lot of a lot of songs uh, they they flow well because they have a you know a repeated chorus or a repeated part to them, and everyone can hook onto that. Mm-hmm. There are repeated yeah. ideas and like musical melodic phrases, yeah. but it's definitely lyrically. Yeah, never, never repeated section where it's where it's the same lyrics again. Yeah, I think the only thing that repeats looks like looks like broken to the old apartment. Um, yep. Yeah, I saw these guys play this <laughs> in, uh, uh, out at that, the festival that we were we were talking about, and uh, yeah, I know Stephen Page was the one who sang it in a recording. But it was Ed Robertson that was singing at that time, and I, man, wow! The, you know, the, yeah. these guys—they can—they can pull it off. I mean, it, it's a strange thing. <clears throat> it sounds different yeah. when Ed does it. Yeah, he—I saw the because um, they were doing the the live streams, the Zoom live streams during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and they did this, and Ed did it, and I didn't didn't even play the connect when it started playing. I was like, oh yeah, this is Ed doing it, but. Um, I was really impressed at how well he he did it. Yeah, you know, he pulled it off. As, it pulled it off too. It sounded great. And well, they also added the keyboard to it. So Kevin played the keyboard, which I like that too. So <laughs> I actually I actually think that version might be my favorite because I do I I like that additional keyboard in the song. I would like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that did you have you listened to the the talk to the hand live in Michigan version then Jeff? No, that I didn't hear. You got Stephen singing it. At all the original percussions, and you got Kevin in there playing all right. at once. <laughs> so I do think it's funny because Kevin is in the music video playing right. guitar. Well, that's because yeah. he came in just <laughs> at, yeah. after the recording sessions for this album. He came in right. and did the tour with them. Yeah, and and so he was there for the video. But yeah, people are like, "Who is this guy?" All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. pretty weird. Must have been pretty weird for Stephen Page to see that. He recorded it, and then he would have he would have seen the video, and he would have seen Kevin Hearn in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I do want to point out that it is that there's someone that is given credit online on Wikipedia for for part of the music on this that is not given to it in the credits for whatever on the on the uh, liner notes for whatever reason. On the liner notes, we have Jim playing the electric bass. We have Steven doing the electric guitar. We have Ed on pedal steel guitar. And we have Tyler on the fat drums and shaker. But according to Wikipedia, Ken, or sorry, uh, Gene Hardy played the musical saw. Um, Gene Hardy has done a oh, nice. whole bunch of stuff. He's He's... He was part of the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir um, and did numerous, numerous other musical jobs. You ever want to look up his life online on Wikipedia? He he has a lot of solo CDs out there. He does a lot of saxophone and Hammond, a lot of funk and jazz. It's really kind of cool. Um, I think if there's ever a like, I I didn't happen to go through still, all still them. less instruments than Craig though. I think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> and don't don't forget it. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things. Tambourine. I play tambourine. <laughs> Does he play the tambourine? No. No. Nope. So. Nope. Maracas. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
fast in that. <laughs> Cowbell. Cal- Cal- finger symbols. Uh, <laughs> the finger symbols. The zills. <laughs> but yeah. still less than Andy well, Cregan because you know he's played the the what the well, the ceramic. The oh no! This isn't a comp- This isn't a competition. Andy, for you. Look, <laughs> Andy is the white. Andy is the white prince. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want I want to move us over to talking about the lyrics of this song, mm-hmm. um, and what people always um. Th- think that this they- song is actually yeah. about and what it really actually is about um who would like to start about what this song's about what they think this song is- um i'm gonna hand this off to craig but i yeah. do want to say that that despite um everyone thinking it was about the one thing i never got that so we'll get we'll get there but i never i never heard that but yeah, Craig, you wanna you wanna start on this one? Well, it's very very kind of you to give me first crack because I know everybody's got thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like everybody else, I was uh, well, like, <clears throat> except you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> probably, probably like everyone else, of like, what the hell is going on here? This guy broke into somebody's apartment <laughs> and he's creeping around and. <laughs> He's, he knows every. He must be in there because he knows about the dish rack and, and <laughs> while holy punched in the door. He's got to be there. So you know, like right off the bat, what I liked about it was you know it, it draws you in. You're like, there's tension, and mm-hmm. as we know, tension and resolution is a great thing in music, and um, or or no resolution, but usually you need something to tie everything together somehow. So, you know, I had that type of thought that he must be in there and he's creeping around. Or Where is he? Is he in some woman's apartment? Like, what's going on here? Do I have to report this guy for singing this song? Can I call the authorities? But, uh, you know, as as you listen through it and you read the lyrics a couple of times, uh, in my case anyway, I started to think, you know what? I really get this. I think I get what he's talking about. And I think I get it quite well, um, because I think back to how it was when when we started Enter the Haggis, and back when it was only an idea, and I was broke, and I was dealing with, you know, I was dealing with poverty, frustration, all the rest of it. A dish rack and an instrument would have been my treasured my treasured items back in those days, you know, I mean, you don't, I don't know about you guys uh, or, you know, if you've been through some tough times, but uh, I tell you, moving to Toronto and uh, trying to make it as an entertainer, is pretty challenging. And uh, I really see that in the song. I, I feel I can identify with it personally because I feel like he's talking about a time and how um, how tough it was. And then, you know, looking back on it after having some success and uh, having bought a house on the Danforth and in Toronto, I guess you folks aren't near Toronto, but the Danforth, I mean, I used to play up on the Danforth too in a little pub called Allen's. We used to fit on a tiny stage up there and it's, it's a pretty cool area to live in and it's all these old houses. And he probably did buy a house on the Danforth after he got some money from, from making it. 
but you know, you think back to the early times where you lived in some some crappy place, <laughs> and you you didn't have you, you know you didn't have much money, and and you were frustrated and all the rest of it. But you know, as they say, uh, so there's some I don't know maybe a Hungarian saying or something, um, some Eastern European thing where they say <clears throat> the seed must get rotten before it germinates. Mm something like this you know and i kind of get that out of the song and i get the the nostalgia mm-hmm. you know to look back and remember just you know the the roots of of my band and i think i think he's remembering the roots of his band mm-hmm. in the song well i think that about sums it up good night everyone <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah no i mean i, I completely agree because i when you were saying that craig i was just thinking about my band from my days in college and a few years after when we were gigging regularly and like i did not live in luxury accommodations <laughs> uh, but i still definitely have a lot of warm feelings and, and nostalgia about that time in my life so i totally get that um, I think the lyrics are, it's interesting because they hit me different. I, I obviously listened to the song several times because I analyze it and everything. And they're somewhat disturbing and they're somewhat comical <laughs> and they're somewhat tragic, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it kind of, when I was listening to it after a few times, it started to make me think of the film um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless mm-hmm. Mind. It's almost like this person's memory of this place is fading and they want so badly to get it back. So they just want to go in and grab the dish rack and the mouse trap. And yeah, I think what makes this song interesting with the change from the original sound of it to the, the harder sound of it is the anger that seems to come out in it. You know, we have this nostalgia, we have this, this, these lyrics of nostalgia and wanting to go back and wanting to kind of re relive and be in the past, but also being happy with today. But then there's that angry piece of like, you've changed things around here. You've kept some of this, but you've also changed things. And how dare you change my memories? How dare you change these things that, that should be forever etched. They, they, and, and that little bit of narcissism that goes with that moment of like, this is, this is me. And you've, you've changed this part of me. Um, and I, and I like that anger that's kind of hidden in the song and bursts out every now and then in these moments of the song. Yeah. And it never quite goes away either, which I like, there's a brief moment where you think it does but then it ends with that that really big. Um, I'm I happy want them back. There. I want them back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, is that go ahead, Jeff? Well, I was gonna just say too that that the other thing I like about the song because I, I definitely I agree with what Craig says that it's like that nostalgia <laughs> feeling that that you know you paid your dues that, like the the image he paints of this apartment is nothing good. There's nothing good about it. It's, you know, there's crooks up and down, there's crooks up and down the street. There's a crooked landlord, um, a a nosy neighbor. Um, He punched a hole in the wall. Obviously he was frustrated. There were broken hearts and broken bones. Like it was a miserable experience. It sounds like, but then now that he's happy or he's got this place and everything, but he's gone back. It's like, all that none of that matters anymore. The nostalgia and everything that he went through, um, the journey part of it, I think, is where he's just like, he's like, man, I miss this. I miss every part of this. Yeah. I um, think, which I just, I really love that. Yeah. It's like he's, he, he, 
<clears throat> he, I think maybe <clears throat> maybe he wants some inspiration back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what came out of that? I mean, mm-hmm. you do you do wonder, and he's talking about how 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 good his life is now in his old house in the Danforth with his woman. But you wonder, you know, is he trying to convince himself that he's happy? You know, right. or you know. We've talked before about how struggle can provide great inspiration for art. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, I would say for sure. Yeah. Like if you, if your life is too cushy, it, it takes the edge off, you know? Right. <laughs> it's harder. It's harder to write when you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you, it certainly worked for us. Uh, <laughs> we used to have a, we used to have a, um, I had this a guitar that was okay. And uh, the guy who, who lived with me, um, he was our first play- bass player, R- Rob McCready, and he went by the nickname of Rodent, uh, which was a great a great nickname for a while until we discovered there was some murderer by, who went by that same nickname. <laughs> so, oh, no. So, that did, so we uh, unrodented him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I wish I could have unrodented my, my old apartment because <laughs> it was bad. But we had... Uh, we had two guitars. I had one that was okay, and it actually had a um, it had a, a, a pickup in it. And then we had this other thing, and I don't know where Rob had got this thing from, but it, it was just god awful. It 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 was like a Winston or something, you know. And it had this very small body on it, no tone. It looked like a planter's peanut, like Mr. Peanut. You, you could have drawn the face on it, and we called it the Peanut. <clears throat> And um, he used to ask me, he'd beg to borrow, he'd, we'd go up busking, he'd beg to borrow my guitar because it was, at least people could hear it <laughs> and you wouldn't be strumming <laughs> Mr. Peanut on, on the street corner. But uh, <clears throat> I'd, I, only, I would only let him use it in, in decent weather. <laughs> Otherwise, he was out there with the peanut. And <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he wrote some decent songs on that thing, you know? And, and he was in debt. The, the phone was ringing, you know, hardwired old dial tone and uh, <clears throat> hardwired, uh, um, um, what do you call it, landline. And uh, I had to answer the damn phone every day to tell him <laughs> that he didn't live there, which was bullshit because he was sitting next to me at the time. With the, you know, in hand writing some time, you know? yeah. yeah. there, bro. Oh, yeah. Anyway, back to you. I haven't heard from Heidi at this point yet. So I, I think of this like, so right at, at, at after college, we, we had a, my first husband and I had um, this crappy little downstairs uh, um, of a house we had rented. So it was like an apartment upstairs and, and a part downstairs. But we did, I mean, there was a lot of all of these, like every time I drive by the place still, I'm like, I wonder if they still have the wallpaper up that I painstakingly put up. I wonder if the the paint that I put in Katie's first bedroom is still there. Like I like all of those things that you painstakingly take care of and nurture in those houses. And it's been now she's 24 and we moved from there when she was two. So it's been a long time since we've been there, but I still think of it as my place. And then our first house is um, that we, when we divorced, obviously that the house is, is still there, but I haven't lived there since 2006. And every time I drive by the house, I'm like, I wonder if that is still like that in that, in the bedroom. I wonder like all those little things and you want to go in, 
you mm-hmm. I, I want to see what have they done to yeah. it what have they changed i think that's normal to yeah. it like i think of those things all the time and it's so weird but it's it, and it's true because you do like like jeff you you said too and, and craig and aaron both mentioned like you feel like you own mm-hmm. some of it even though you do, i haven't lived at the first place in over mm-hmm. 20 years but i still feel like yeah that was it's in it's inside mm-hmm. of me all those moments yeah. The moment where Katie yeah. fell, the moment where, um, you know, it, some bad things happened or, you know, we got word that people had died or like all of the things that happen um, in your life in that space, because all of these. And for somebody like me, I grew up um, homeless and transient when I was a kid all over the place. We had moved 24 times before I was in sixth grade and another 29 times between sixth and 12th grade. So I literally did not know what home was. So after I got out of college, I've literally lived in four places. The apartment I had in college or right after college, sorry, three places. The um, the house that my husband and I bought in Hillsborough first after Kate was about two. Um, and then my house now that I've lived in now f- since 2006. So my my adulthood has been firmly planted in one major place with all these memories. And I think that there's something to that need to to um, to identify with your surrounding and your place. And I am wondering like what happened to those places and what's really funny is there's one house that we lived in when i was really little um i was five years old it was the only house we ever lived in right before my parents got divorced and we'd only lived there for less than a year and it was really funny because i was at a conference a couple of years ago and this um guy who lives in vermont um a teacher music teacher was at this conference and he's talking to me about you know claire he's like no i live in claremont i was like oh i i grew up there i taught there blah 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 and i said and i lived in this house right on the corner of this particular street and he's like oh my gosh that's where my parents live now and he wasn't lying i sent him a picture that i had from when i was a kid of that house and he sent me new updated picture i was like oh my gosh like there was the little attic room and all of these things so it was so neat because you don't want to be that creep that's like (laughs) hey can i come in and check out the house yeah yeah that breaks into the old apartment i want to see what you've done do you still have the dish rack and so there's that side but also the side like you're you you nail it when you're like he also seems kind of angry like it's not that all of the times in that space were pleasant or good right. or you know there, there were great memories but like this house is the only house my son has ever known so i can see you know there's yeah. all of the yeah. memories created from bringing mm-hmm. my son home from the hospital mm-hmm. to when the dog chased the cat out the window and killed it like there <laughs> there are a plethora of good memories and bad memories even when, in a space yeah but even when one of those things has changed so i have gone back not inside the house but i've driven by old houses that i've lived in, break in. <laughs> i did not break it <laughs> no, no one on the show is gonna publicly admit to um to breaking into their old apartments or houses Who's the guy with the binoculars across? <laughs> but I've driven, <laughs> driven by my old house once or twice before. Um, and when you see something changed, even if it's something that you wanted changed, yeah. you, there's a moment of <laughs> frustration of like, how dare you? How dare you do that? To, like, there was a huge, ugly 
Like you guys put in a garage? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, one of my houses, a, a huge, ugly, falling down garage that was just ready to just like. Yeah. Go- we never took it down, but like five, ten years later, we drove by, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, they got rid of the garage." They got rid of the garage. How dare you? I yeah. know. Like, oh my goodness. But at the same time, we're yeah. like, but that's what we wanted to do. Like that that moment of self-awareness right. of like, and, why was I angry? It wasn't for them to do. It was for and you either, to do. Either way, you're going to be pissed. Like if yeah. they made it better, right. you're going to be right. pissed. Or, and if or, it looks like crap. But they haven't, they haven't done anything with that garage yet. <laughs> You're gonna be like, wow! They really let that place go to heck. No, I was happy yeah, that, that they hadn't I done remember... anything with the rest of the house. It was the fact they did that <laughs> one change. And like when I go back to my old hometown, like when something changes, there's a bit of me that gets a little yeah. upset. Yeah. That that store closed that you used to go to, or yeah, that's yeah. That that what that yeah. piece of my past yeah. is gone because it feels like. You're, it's something that's incorporated into your identity, and it was changed Why without wasn't I not even your permission, without your knowledge. <laughs> so it feels right, and it's like it's totally illogical. But like that's the way our minds work. I remember driving by the house that I grew up in in the very small town here in Maine, and I, I recognized, I realized that they had really replaced the uh, the nice wood outside with like vinyl siding. And I don't really care, right? Like, what do I care? But like, I was like, why? Why would they do that? Like, and the neighbor downstairs could have moved. You don't know, but you're like, yeah, right. yeah, but you're begging the- on the floor. <laughs> well, Fine. what I love about this song is just just imagine that you are the current yeah. resident of this. I, I've apartment. often wondered that too when they come and, back, <laughs> and this person just like breaks in and is like why do you still have the dish rack this is mine i mean terrifying. <laughs> honey, honey, the, you see the dish rack um it was here when i left for work this morning that was one of my notes was like he rips the phone out of the wall <laughs> Tore the phone out of the wall. What? Like this person's gonna come home and nothing else has changed. Just the phone is on know. the floor. I think we've had a robbery. Well, what did they take? Do- a mouse trap, the dish rack, and the, they ripped the phone out of the wall. Is your jewelry all there? Yeah. Do we know for do we know for sure it's the same mouse trap though? Because if so, that's a really worthless mouse trap. Or there's no rodents. Is it that mouse trap? Oh no, 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 no. But wait a minute. So forever. in my I mean, office. In my office on campus, Craig, I'm a professor at Castleton University in Vermont. I'm the director of music education there. And there's been, there was a mouse trap under my desk that had been there, I kid you not, since about 1974 when my, one of my predecessors, who was still an adjunct there, put it there. It was wooden and old. I was afraid to touch it because I was afraid <laughs> it was going to really spontaneously explode in there. break my <laughs> it, it, the cheese was gone. The cheese is gone. Luckily, the I had a brave student remove it for me. But you're probably right. That, that mouse trap was probably pretty bad. Um, well, I don't know what the, what the mouse problem is like where you folks are, but I'll tell you, really? Toronto yeah. is infested. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's like Secret of Nim up in there. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I was just making an obscure reference to uh, the, 
It's kind of my thing. Uh, the Secret of Nim, the animated film. I, I do love the line, why did I have to break in? I I just came here oh, to talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're really wondering if he really did this or if it is all in his head, you know? Well, you know? That, yeah. Because of it. Yeah. Okay. Like he's standing in the apartment going, wait, what went wrong? Where did I go yeah, wrong? more likely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it the is. words flow well, out of I, these guys. Like, uh, you know, you know, you know, if you're uh, if you go to a bare naked ladies concert, you know that especially in the old days, I didn't, I didn't notice much of the banter. Not, not not anything like what it was in the old days when I when I saw them at Vancouver Island. Of course, Stephen Page was gone, but back in the in the old days when I when I had seen them, I had seen them a few times. It was like uh, mm-hmm. the banter was heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was very heavy. They were making all kinds of stuff up as they went along. So words come out of these guys all the time. You know, they're just like that. So train of thought. <laughs> as if you couldn't tell by the yeah. number of songs they've written, <laughs> words come out of these guys. And, uh, uh, you know, they uh, it, totally, I mean, uh, it sounds, it's almost like Ulysses yeah. or something yeah. here. You know, it's just train It does of feel thought, like a very train of thought. Song. You know, yeah, you know why, why did I break the you know, just just going along with everything that would happen if you're thinking about your old apartment and imagining going there and what would you do and what would it be like and one thing and we talked about the it. the lines and how you know smooth they I'm sorry, did I just interrupt someone? I apologize. Um one thing I uh-huh. like, we talk about the the tightness of their lyrics a lot of times, the wittiness of them and just their their use of wordplay. And they do that really well here. Like uh, line, like the and I tried to match that when I did the parody too. But like, uh, like broken glass, broken hungry, broken hearts, and broken bones. So much right in that in, in those two lines. Bones. And then they do it again with the crooked landing, crooked landlord, narrow laneway filled with crooks. Just that that twist of the wordplay where they can take one word and just spin the meaning so many times. Um, and just they get they get they say so mm-hmm. much yeah, with so great. little, and I love that. Yeah, they're 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 masters at it, no doubt. I do want to point out that Stephen says that this song was inspired um, by "Back to the yeah. Old House" by the Smiths. I would rather not go back to the old house. There's too many. actually went out and yeah. I listened to that song this week and yeah I would say loosely inspired because listening to that song it's the exact opposite the person doesn't want to go back to the old house in that song <laughs> versus this person wow. definitely has an, an, mm-hmm. a, a need to go back to his old apartment Tracy I have to tip my hat because I was not expecting a Morrissey Stephen Page connection <laughs> in this episode. So I really appreciate it. Um, and then the other thing is I, I want to direct people. I'm not going to read it because it is about two pages long. There's a wonderful interview on songfacts.com um, with Stephen mm-hmm. Robert uh, with Ed Robertson, um, where he gives a very lengthy description of where this song came from and one of the inspirations of this song and the story 
is fabulous. Um, I wish I could read it, but it is it would take forever and it wouldn't be done. It would be done in my voice instead of the one in your own head. Um, so I recommend people go out and, and read it because it is it is just absolutely amazing. I, I I'm gonna if people are willing, if there's no more that I was people would love well, I was to gonna say the one here. thing we did, and, and I don't know if you were gonna go there, but the one thing I've often heard about this where people I think it was that where you were gonna go. Yeah, go ahead. Did I get it wrong? Nope, oh, I was going to go. Okay. Well, nope, no, go the one thing I've heard a lot is that a lot of people think that he broke into his ex-girlfriend's house. Like he's some kind of stalker who broke into his ex. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. That was what I mainly meant, but yeah. I didn't get that. And I feel like, yeah, and to a certain extent, maybe it sets you up to, to think <laughs> that. But when you get to the bridge, I've always felt like that's where they kind of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. I know we don't live here anymore. But um, yeah, so so he and yeah. Yeah, right. we, we bought, bought and also we both moved out of this. But yeah, right. that's, that, I've seen that interpretation a lot. I love the fact that he yells angrily. <laughs> I'm happy there. <laughs> I'm happy. That that right. How dare I be happy? I guess we can call it the final chorus, but that final chorus has to be that. like. <laughs> Steve, Stephen Page has this amazing ability to just keep escalating vocally. He and I love a song that builds. Yes. Um, that, yeah. that doesn't say stagnant, it just builds and builds. And by the time he gets to the end, he's practically screaming. Like he's in the I could just picture him in the apartment just screaming, yeah. like, tore the phone out of the wall. <laughs> Only memories, <laughs> memory. <laughs> like I just love that how he wraps it up. And then to come back into I want them back, it's just it's just such a perfect ending. <laughs> well, and to use a word tableau in a song, like that's right that's there. BNL. That's BNL. That's 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 a total BNL. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I would like to direct us over to the video, though. The video that was directed by Jason Priestley, mm-hmm. um, mm. which was directed by him after the whole fiasco with Shoebox, which we will be coming back to, of course sometime later on this year when we discuss shoebox um wonderful story there but jason Priestley was so upset about that whole fiasco that he's like you know what god i want to direct this next video for you and then he personally backed it to promote it in the u.s he videoed it in toronto like took the time to go up to toronto between shooting for 90210 and then also, not only did he do that, but he also pushed for MTV to play the video on MTV as well and really get these guys some notoriety in the U.S. Mm. Um, and then he also took it a step further. He was like, you know what? I'm going to have them play down in the Peach Pit after dark on, on 90210 as well. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I remember. And then someone, I don't know who, but then Apple decided to put it on their OS a installer CD as the music video for that CD, so you could get it there. Like this thing, like just totally blew up for them. All right, you'll be really curious about this incident now, and I can't Gosh, find it now. I got to so wait yeah. probably what seven months to find out. Holy cow! You have to wait about it now. Now about geez. ten months. <laughs> now I need to know the Jason Priestley shoebox incident. Oh. It's, well, it's a shoebox incident. It's not shoe. Oh, it's okay. not Jason Priestley. Jason Priest. He, he was the connected. savior for okay. BNL. Oh, right. he he was the guy okay. who came in and saved them um, with this video, which is wonderful. So, um, should we get into versions? Should I go through all of the 
versions. This is the part where I'm going to lose my voice. Um, this is the song in the BNL library that has the most versions that have been recorded and put out on, on actual, actual like media. Really? Not yeah. covering covers and parodies. I don't know if anyone's ever done a parody of this song. Um, there are nine versions of this song. So to begin with, we have the demo one that you guys mentioned earlier that we later find on the Stop Us If You've Heard This Before. It is a softer, more acoustic, and I love the way that you put it earlier, Heidi, the Lisa Loeb version of this of this song. <laughs> It reminded me of, and you say, stay. It was very much like Lisa Loba. Um, I'll be honest, I don't like it. It's just, it's too sad. It's too soft. It's too heartfelt. It, I, I, I like the anger in the later versions. Um, second version is the Rock Spectac version, which is just them playing it live. Broken to the old Broken glass, broken hungry, broken hearts and broken bones. This is where we used to live. Um, except for seeing music live, I don't like live recordings as much as I like actual recordings from a studio. Um Few exceptions would be Brian Wilson. This is not one of the exceptions. Um, but basically, the Brock Spectac version is them playing it live. Extended version, the extended versions version is, um, well, nothing different except they play it about five to 10 beats per minute slower. So it's a longer recording. Um, actually, very disappointed. The Persuasions version. Why did you pay the walls? Why did you clear the floor? Why did you blast her over the whole I punched in the door? This is where we used to live. Why did you keep the mouse trap? Why did you keep the dish rack? These things used to be mine. I guess they still are. I want them back. Sounds like it was arranged by Kevin or one of the persuasions, or maybe it was just a persuasions cover with some of the BNL mm. people coming in. Mm. Um, it's very different. I kind of like that it's different, and they, they had a different take on it. It's just a very different vibe. Uh, Red Rocks version, when they played it live again. Broke into the old apartment. Um, but this time Ed is on lead and his voice doesn't seem to match the song as well for me, um, to my ears. Um, the song is also played with more distortion on the guitar. There is the radio mix version, which is uh, we talked about earlier, and I'm not going to go into it differently uh, again. There's the talk to the hand version, which I brought up earlier, but with with uh, Kevin on the keys, it really kind of gives it a, mm -hmm. a sadness and a reminiscence behind it, as well as a bluesy feel, which is cool. And 
you get to see Joe playing something in the background there. You don't know what he's playing, but you could tell the way he's moving that he's playing something back there. And it's cool to see them just having fun with each other on stage. Uh, there's the selfie cam jam version, which has a very persuasions type feel. Whew. Okay, those are the official versions. Do you need a drink or anything? There are take- covers. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I'm almost you there. Good? You good? I'm almost there. Come on, Rocky. <laughs> you got it, Rocky. Cornbread Red did a cover <laughs> of this song. Broke into the old apartment. This is where we used to live. Broken vast, broken hungry, broken hearts and broken bones. This is where we used to live. Of course, the bluegrass version of it. It's slower, um, but also bluegrassy. So it's kind of a very relaxing feel. It's kind of cool. Um, Grayscale did a very harder, much harder version of this with more distortion on the guitars, and, and the guitars are more up front. Broke into the old apartments. This is where we used to live. Broken glass, broken hungry, broken hearts and broken bones. This is where we used to live. Think kind of like 2000s music. I can't, I can't think of the name of the band that it would be with, but it reminded me very specifically of some 2000s bands and I couldn't. I couldn't specifically. I haven't heard it, but since I'm contractually ones. obligated to mention Fountains of Wayne, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. All right. <laughs> sure. There we go. <clears throat> well, speaking of you, Jeff, do you want to talk about any parodies of this song? <laughs> well, I've done one. <laughs> Moved into my new apartment. Fought with that and said so long. We'll get last. Friendly, cook in my house, broken bad. What could possibly go wrong? Marks covered up the walls. Have I done the only parody of this song? Uh, no, I. The only parody of the uh, song. Well, no, actually, uh, when I started writing uh, the, the horror comedy music or the horror theme songs, and I had put out one about a certain one about Host, the movie Host, um, which features one of the people on this panel, actually, in, in vocals and on the video. Uh, the, there, was a, there was a movie called <laughs> 1BR on Netflix, and the, the producer of 1BR yes. actually asked me, well, when, where, when are we getting our parody? And I was like, what? That was the first time I was like, kind of like, oh, I'm being noticed for something I'm doing. It was, uh, it was cool. So I said, I, I guess I could do that. I was, I had like, uh, I was trying to do some original stuff. I was trying to think of some songs and I'm thinking, well, I'm literally on a bare naked ladies podcast. And the whole movie is about this girl who moves into an apartment and creepy stuff happen. I'm like, there's the song. So I did, uh, a parody to this called the new apartment, mm-hmm. uh, basically a, a retelling of the storyline. <laughs> Um, but that's, yeah, that's on my YouTube channel. So that was a lot of fun because I, I cause I really like I, when I did it, the lyrics for it, um, like I said, because I really like the, 
the the worst the, the word choices that they use the spitting of the words to them so i tried to keep that same feel going but still land some jokes in the process and jeff where can our listeners find that uh that can that's on my youtube channel jeff whitmeyer 47 you can find that there and you'll find that in the liner notes for this week did you know that on that youtube channel photo though it says bear cated ladies does it really oh b-a-r-e-n-k-a-b-e-d oh ladies. my my pr person must not have caught that i'll Bare-cated have to cated ladies. Bare-cated ladies. i'm so sorry jeff Bare-cated. <laughs> that song's been up there Bare-cated. for over a year and you're the first one to catch that i will have to <laughs> i will have to go edit that that i am that person Thank you. i appreciate so that well, Bare before you ladies. edit that, Jeff, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you can you give us a rating for this week's song and explain uh, to Craig how we rate okay, the, well, our songs? Craig, the, what we do is uh, I pick an arbitrary rating scale based on something that we said. How we rank it is a scale on zero to five. Zero is uh, a song that you wish had never existed. You never want to hear it again. Um Five is an absolute masterpiece on on your playlist, um, and we do do decimals. So to make it actually, uh, can, can I interrupt you? You may, Jeff. Can I suggest a different a different rating system? You for sure this week? can. What would you like? In, in honor of our guest, it is your show. Craig, on on bagpipes, how many of those of the extensions, the the things that you play? What what are those called? Drones. 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 How many drones are on a bagpipe? Well, well, there are three. Well, you, there are five things sticking out of of the pipe, so you could say out, out of the bag, right? Yeah. So you've got you've got like let's just say the first one, the kind of you're blowing through it, and and and, and it could get could have get spit in it. <laughs> like, let's just call the zero. Let's just call that the spit valve. Spit valve. Okay, so okay. zero is the spit valve. Well, or well, there's actually there. Well, there is a valve in the end. So yeah, but we could just call it. We could call it the blowpipe, okay? Because it's the blowpipe. Okay. I mean, I think it's safe <laughs> to say that nobody's going to rank this song a blowpipe. Yeah, but that we can think yeah, blowpipe. Yeah, because it, it yeah. blows. So you could just say that's the blowpipe. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to use it again. Zero would be the blowpipe. Okay, it's a blowpipe. <laughs> and if it um, if it's um, if it's the uh, the this drone, there's two smaller drones, two tender drones, and one bass drone. So we could go, you know, outside, outside tenor, middle tenor, big bass. I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. That, All right. That works. And then, that works. And then, and then the part you play on is the chanter. So that could be number five. I don't know if you want. Okay. Want to I, I like that. Yeah. So you could say you, you could, you could give it, you could give it a blowpipe. That's a zero. Oh, how many holes are on the chanter? Nine. Oh, no, <laughs> I tried. Well, yeah, we'll just holes. we'll go with that measurement. I like that measurement. Yeah, yeah. There's eight holes and nine notes. Let's so keep it PG thirteen, guys. I feel, <laughs> I feel like you should have researched bagpipes more before you came on the show, Tracy. <laughs> Epic fail. Yeah, like what happened? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> drop the ball on that. You knew you had. Do you want to see how many pages of notes I have tonight? <laughs> Man, and that... I'm sick. I mean, come on. The next okay. time we get an accordion player, I expect like a week. Like when we get Weird Al on the show, oh, I expect yeah. like a week's worth of research. Al, we know you listen. Please right. come on the show. Al, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I think just to get the rating straightened out, I've been thinking about this. I put a lot All of thought right. into it. All this. right. I was working on this before you. I knew you were going to ask me this. Okay. Before. I think we should say 
blow pipe, that's a zero. All right. Blow pipe, one drone, two drone, three drone, chanter. Okay. okay. One drone, two drone, three drone. Chanter. 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 Okay. Chanter. Right. So chanter would be like a okay. five then. Right? Right. As, a, as a music professor, you would know all about the origins of the chanter, the chante. The chante, the chanter. Yes. I always wanted to play bagpipes. Well, Me too, actually. Like, yeah, get get on it. It's not that it's not that bad. Um, takes a little while, takes a bit of patience, takes a lot of hot air. <laughs> Well, I should so, be great at it. So, Aaron, I was going <laughs> to I beat you to it, Jeff. <laughs> so, yeah. So, who we, do you want to go first, we, Jeff? But we can do decimals, too. So, you can do a four or 4.1. We tend to say, like, a four to five, anything between four to five. That's, like, your playlist. That's going to be on your playlist. Um, but, yes, uh, Craig, you are the guest. How about we have yeah. you rank this song first? If you'd like to, you know, explain a little bit about why you ranked it that way, you can, too. Oh, okay. Well, I would rate this as a bass drone with two notes on the chanter. Okay. So it's not a full chanter, but it's uh, it's 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 in it's on the chanter. So, okay. And the reason I would do this is it's just so damn catchy, and uh, I I think more than anything else, uh, it, it since I I knew I was going to be doing this podcast, I played it a few times just to remind myself, and I went over the lyrics, and man. It's a, it's a better song than I ever realized it was, really, uh, to me. I think uh, my reasons for it, uh, you know, giving it quite a high rating is that uh, being extremely catchy, being extremely witty in the lyrics, um, really building tension, starting off with tension, drawing you in, drawing you into the picture, paints a picture. It's artistic. You in your mind's eye, especially if you have a bit of history of living in a crappy place in in your youth, and it seems like most of us here have. I think it uh, speaks to us. So, and that is all I have to say. But so, so numerically, I can't. Well, That'd be like uh, a four point two, or yeah, four, I, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm giving it a four point two. Okay. I was, I was gonna say I was hearing a four point two in there. Okay, uh, Aaron. Well, what a coincidence, because I also was thinking of 4.2 out of 5. It is a fantastic Ooh. song. Uh, Craig, the way we do it is anything a, a 4 or above is going to make it on. You know, when we finish this podcast, we have, like, basically a, a playlist that we would make of, you know, like our own best of. And this definitely deserves to go on that playlist. It's, it's it, like I said, it's funny. It's kind of a, a little a little just slightly weird and 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 deviant <laughs> and uh it, it's just slightly disturbing but in a, in a funny way and it's also like <laughs> i said kind of tragic and the lyrics are very clever the the song itself is a very interesting form and it, you know it, it's not too crazy it's fairly simple but it's also deceptively uh it's kind of different uh it's fun it, it's great to listen to i would definitely come back to it so i would say easily a 4.2 so i guess that that would be um uh all the drones and uh, a couple of notes on the channel. <laughs> By okay. the way, Aaron, I have to ask you. Yeah. Um, so you had only heard a few songs coming into this podcast of, of yeah. BNL. Was yeah. this one of them? No, I had not heard this song until oh. tonight or this week when I was listening to it. And it, that's one of the reasons I love doing this is uh, I'm continuously being introduced to new songs and uh, so many of them have been have been fantastic, you know, like uh, conventioneers. Uh, 
man, when I heard that song or the flag, you know, songs that I had mm-hmm. never, ever, ever heard. And, and wow, they, they've gone into my, my best of playlist by far. So yeah, it's another one for the playlist. It's, it's a great song and I had a lot of fun. Have you heard their little known song one week? Um, <laughs> wait, wait, was it one week you said? Yeah, one week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it at some point. Uh, that's, coming week, up. that's down the road. That's, that's not far off. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'm definitely in uh, the upper in the bass drone territory. Um, I may revisit this one actually when we uh, come back because I, I was back and forth on this one. I really like this song a lot. We talked about I like like Craig has said. I, I love that it, it it drags you along. It, it twists you in a lot of places. Uh, it definitely pulls you in right from the beginning. I mean, I broke into the old apartment is a good line. That line comes up and you're now listening to the song because it, it's such a great opener. Um, I, I love how dark it gets. It just feels dark. You're questioning everything about this guy, but you're also I think we can all say you can relate to this guy. He, he, like he's he's definitely extreme, but what everything he's thinking and doing is very relatable. I think a lot of people have been there, and I know I have. Um, so uh, I love the twist of words. I love the harms on the chorus. Um, like I said, it, I think I think I never really thought about it before until I heard it with with keys. Uh, I definitely love that, but that's always something you can add to it, so it's still there. And I've heard it with keys, and I love that version. Um, so it's definitely, uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to give this one a 4.4. So that would be the drones and a couple holes there as well. Yeah. That would be a C on the pipes. Say it again. A, four, a C on the 4.4. 4. Right. Thank you. Oh, Oh, nice. Jeffrey. Oh, what? What did I, what did I do? Heidi? All right, well, Heidi. Well, Heidi no, said I, this was her favorite like, song. Okay, go ahead. So, the Mighty Heidi. This has always been on my playlist. Um, it's it's not a five, but it is it's very high for me because this is one of my jam out songs. It's the song that you sing really loud to in your car um, when you're just driving. Like you just let it let your freak flag f- fly on this one. Um, so this is like a full almost almost the entire drones and and, and a near and, chanter. Um, Chanter, yeah. Um, and I'm going with a 4.8 on this. Ooh, like I said, I may um, revisit because I was hovering. There I think for it's a while. one of their. That, yeah. I think it's yeah. one of the best songs. Um, I I have always enjoyed Born on a Pirate Ship, which I know is nobody's favorite. Um, <laughs> but it's it's got some great stuff on there. But it's I'm sweating in, me I'm over, in, Heidi. It really is. I'm an old BNL person. Maybe you should drive as number one, and Bopes Woo! is a close behind it because there's some good stuff on there and this this was ahead of its time for me like this like that song is just quintessential bare naked ladies for me so that's a lot of drones and a lot of buttons i mean a lot of holes i think i think we can call that a near chanter that's a near chanter can we call it a near chanter chanter. an air chanter an air a near near chanter it's almost a chanter if we put chanter oh oh. it's a near chanter I oh, I see. I get it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I understood. <laughs> Boss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this short. Um, wow. I love this song. It is a five. Oh, oh wow. wow. This is a five. Um, absolutely. I feel like we need balloons and like confetti. Is this to make up for the haterade in the last few weeks? Or? No, this like I, I knew that this was coming and when when I said at the beginning of this year that I knew I had a couple of fives coming this year, this was one of the ones I knew right off the bat. Boom. This is 
like there's not a doubt this has always been on my playlist i will seek this out every like often and i love it um and yeah my cor- poor kids have to hear me sing this in the car um <laughs> I, I absolutely adore this song for all of the reasons that we talked about tonight yeah. and all the darkness that this song is and also all the nostalgia that this song is. Um, it, it's just amazing. So yeah, five. Um, <laughs> hello, yes, sir. Don't crack. Broke into the old apartment. Am I talking to Stefan? Living, laying on my back. How's it going, sir? Good. Doing well. How are you? Good. Good. Still trying to get. So tell me what you think about this song, about the old apartment. Uh, I, you know, when the song, when it comes to songs, I think it's overly creative. It's great. You know, um, it's really a great idea. Uh, and it's, um, it's one of those songs that really establishes them as great band. It really is. Um, cause it's creative. The lyrics are fantastic. Who thought of breaking into an old apartment and then writing about it and singing about the things that they sing about. Um, I really liked it. Of course, it's just a great song. Um, the music is solid. The lyrics are solid. I love how Stephen sings it. Um, uh, what can, what's wrong with the song? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with the song. It's fantastic. Um, however, here's a good twist. I did listen to the demo of <laughs> Old Apartment, and I thought it was, you know, subpar. I thought that if somebody else was singing it, such as like Kevin or uh, or Ed singing, uh, singing that song, it would be really, really good. Especially the the acoustic version um, mm-hmm. and how slow it is. Uh, I just think Stephen is not the right fit for that song. Um, it sounded nasally and it sounded squealy. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody else would have done really well. Somebody with a slightly deeper voice. Um, such as Kevin or Ed, they they would have nailed that acoustic version. Hmm. Um, and then I listened to Persuasions. I hate to say it, but I think they are way better than just Barenaked Ladies. <laughs> I wow. loved so it. You like the per- the Persuasions version? Loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, um, they put some soul into it. You could feel. You could just feel it. And it's just, I thought it was really, really good. And um, there's one member of the band that sounds just like Steven. Oh, my Mm. God. He's good. I don't know. I think they had soul. And I like that in a band. You know, you could hear, you know, the lead singer. He was like, "Mm, yeah, he was getting into it. He was feeling it. And um, I think that's some of the things that's kind of missing from BNL every now and then, especially the new BNL. Um, I don't know, but uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and I, I'm in a stuck between a rock and a hard place, Tracy. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. How do you take a near perfect song and make it better? Well, I think the Persuasions did that. 
So what do I? Ooh, okay. So what do I rank it as? How do I rank this, Trace? What do you rank the original? Oh, Did I rank the original? The original is superb. It really is superb. It's a great song. The great premise. Um, who who can't relate to breaking into an old apartment uh, or wanting to break into an old apartment? <laughs> you know, see how things have changed and how they set up the place and brings back all these memories. And I think that's the main thing about it is it's like smelling uh like smelling something that brings you back uh in time to a, where you remember your grandmother or or somebody baking something and you you know there's memories that are associated with that you know like at that time where you were in the old apartment and you forgot that you had milk in there or something that you had cooked <laughs> and you completely forgot about it for months on end <laughs> you know and you're like oh that's nasty like you've got those memories uh ingrained in your brain it's like oh man i remember that time when so and so you know passed out on the you know on the floor underneath the couch and we had a hard time finding them you know we uh, we had this big party and so and so broke you know this thing or blah 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 lots of things or the first time that you might have kissed a girl in that apartment or um you know things like that that really really make a difference sometimes it's that mm-hmm. old apartment that um uh is the 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 ground for which your adult years are are built on you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like okay that was the precursor of me getting married the precursor of getting a house in precursor of getting that dog you know the dog outgrew the apartment and it was too big and he kept on knocking over lamps with his tail and that's what i'm thinking of and um you can't put a you can't put a score on that all right so i i'm I'm well i'm asking you to anyway oh okay all right i'll do that so uh (laughs) gosh all right i'm going to rank the bare naked ladies version 4.8 and you can put in parentheses a persuasions version. It's going to be a four point nine. I'm trying to catch up on some of those songs that I missed. So I have ranked two other songs. If you're up okay, for it, or should I do it another time? I'm up for it. Yeah. Okay. No, go right ahead. I'm I'm adding those into the episodes as we go along. So. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this week I ranked back and bad day. So back was kind of a silly song. It was a classic BNL song, and uh, had the classic BNL sound and classic kind of BNL lyrics, talking about complete nonsense and somehow you enjoy it. So um, falling downstairs, breaking your back, hurting your back, pulling your back, doing stupid things to your back. I uh, never really thought that that would be uh, the kind of premise to the song, but it was. Uh, I like how it has a country twang to it, and uh, there's some banjos, and it, um, strangely enough, it it grew on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At first, I didn't know what to make of it. It was, it was like, oh, all right, this is unique. It sounds like Bare Naked Ladies song, but it could easily fit on Gordon. So, because of that, I kind of like it. It's a fun <laughs> song. Um, I thought it was better than average. Uh, would I put it on my playlist? Probably not, but I thought it was fun. So I'm going to rank that a three. 
Three Babies God. Okay. All right. So the next one I ranked. <laughs> oh, he got it. Babies God. Back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one I ranked was Bad Day. And I could get James Taylor vibes from this thing. And um, I thought it was great. Um, I can't remember what, um, what soundtrack this was off of. This was actually on the kids' album. That... He really comes up with good songs for kids. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I even put down Applicable for Kids. I thought it was amazing. And who doesn't like James Taylor to calm down some, some young ones? Um, who doesn't like James Taylor in the first place? I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great for both kids and adults. <sighs> and um, I think the harmonies in Bad Day were just superb. It was mm. so good. I loved it. You know, I mean, they blended together. I thought it was a really good song. And it was talking about how, you know, you have bad days. Sometimes you have good days. Sometimes you have bad days. And I thought it was, uh, the subject matter was great. I thought the lyrics sounded great. Um, I didn't break down the lyrics, um, but I just listened to them as best as I could. Uh, the instrumentals, James Taylor, you can't go wrong with that. I thought it was a fantastic song. I would definitely put this on my playlist, my BNL playlist. So I am going to rank this 4.8 Good Days. Wow, you ranked that one higher than I did. That's impressive. Really? Yeah. Nice. Heidi gave it a five, though. So, you know. Who did? She had to outdo you. There is uh, the appearances are kind of lackluster this week, so I apologize because I'm, guys, I'm I'm running out of of appearances. I'm I'm getting low. You know, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end. So, you know, if you could be on the lookout for new ones, that would be great. So that next week we can. Yeah, you know, when we discuss the, on the lookout, then I'll have more appearances. <laughs> yeah, we got we're there. Um, we got you. We got it. See what you did there. Um, yeah, but we, the appearance. No, the appearance this yeah. week is. I think is it, it, I encourage people to go out and listen to the House of Strombo version that they did just out um, after their um, mm-hmm. after they received their award a couple of years ago um, on House of Strombo. They did a version of this, which is more country rock. Um, and then they have a discussion of like, while they were recording this at the gas station studio, um, there was this fire escape that Tyler went out onto um, and, and he was listening to them while they're recording this and playing back what had just been recorded. And he's out there doing this to the music, which is amazing. And, and Jim was like, that is awesome. He is so into this song. And then like weeks later, they were playing it in concert and there were some ladies in the back doing this. And if you want to see what the hand motion is that I'm doing, folks, go and watch the House of Strombo because they show you. <clears throat> and there's some ladies in the back going like this to the music. And Tyler looks over at Jim and they're like, yeah, man, right there. <laughs> I told you. So I just, I, I love it. That's a great thing. Yeah. So that's a full-blown chanter for, for you. That's a full-blown <laughs> chanter. Full chanter. You're a full-blown chanter, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. When I'm in the car with the kids, unfortunately um, for them, I am. Um, 
I also recommend going over to yes. Enter the Haggis's YouTube channel. I was just going to say, and... do you want to plug some, <laughs> some Enter the Haggis stuff here for us, Craig, and tell Please. us more about this? Ba- I, I have to say, like, I listened to all the videos that you guys have up on your channel, as well as all the stuff I could find on YouTube this week. And my favorite song so far is Miss Ellie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I was going to say my favorite, too. Yeah. She lost the infant son, a tiny helpless lad. Contracted something hideous, they don't know what he had. But you kept on with tomorrow, never dwelling on the past. To the corner, but the pain will always last yeah. easily. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> a nice nice to rock it out and something like that, you know. Well, it's really nice and dark too. <laughs> oh, it is. Well, that was actually written about uh, somebody had uh, written uh, a book about uh, various stories about a little town called Bayfield, Ontario, where uh, Trevor, our guitarist, his dad lives there, and came give him this book hey here's a little book about you know uh bayfield and uh so he was just reading about this woman who named by the name of mrs elliot who had a very tragic life well everyone around her or everyone around her was was dying and she was running an inn up there so yeah he he uh wrote this tune and it was it wasn't a hard rocker when he brought it in but man became one quickly yeah, I love it when that happens. I, I also really enjoyed Bound for America. I'm alive. Though a part of me is gone. There's a weight upon my shoulders and the air won't fill my lungs. One more broken soul. One more verse in some old song. If I if I'm seeing this right, like in the uh, the video, did fans send yeah. in actual yeah. pictures and everything? Yeah, like and... the people who are immigrants, and I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, there's so many of us. I mean, all of us. Uh, yeah, all of us honkies are all immigrants. You know, <laughs> you know we go <laughs> right. back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but uh, we all came from mostly all European in in origins. But well, with the looks of us here, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't see color yeah. um but uh yeah <laughs> but uh you know like uh, most of us uh were imports so you don't have to go back too far yeah and so yeah. we had uh, it was very yeah. easy to find people send uh, you know to have people send in either their own pictures or their relatives and uh and let us use them in the video so it was pretty cool but I'm very glad cool. you like that too. <laughs> I would say the catchiest song that I listened to this week was one last drink though I've got a life that's full Everyone's been to me So fire up that fiddle boy And give me one last drink When the sun comes up I will leave without fight The world is mine tonight I'll call you. Yeah, also based on reality was... Uh, um, somebody again that, uh, Trevor knew, uh, who, uh, claimed that, uh, he was in hospital and he, he said, I'm not going to die tonight. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to die tonight. I'll wait till tomorrow. 
<laughs> so with a bit of artistic license, it became a party in the hospital room. I, I think there might have been some sort of celebration of life while the guy was still still alive. And so uh, <clears throat> we like to have it that he took the cap off the bottle and he threw it in the garbage. And, you know, I'm sure we've all done that in school, haven't we? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> A fun thing to do. Where would you like to direct people other than, obviously, please go out and see where where Enter the Haggis is coming close to you because they are you guys are touring throughout the whole spring. Yeah, we've got quite a bit coming up, and uh, we're very hopeful that we'll be able to um, have these shows happen. It's been a struggle lately. Uh, everything last month, at the end of last month, was all canceled. Um, uh, but uh, this time around, we seem to be lucky. There's only been one cancellation so far, which was the one in the middle of New York City. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make up for that one again. Um, but uh, I would uh, like people to, if you don't, uh, you know, if you want to know where, where, where to find us, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, the Enter the Haggis Facebook page. That's a good one. Uh, or you can go to enterthehaggis.com and check out the tour schedule. Excellent. And if you want to see what we're like, you can, of course, find us on YouTube. We're all over the place. Thank you so much for joining yes, us. You were a great guest. In all seriousness, it, it's really uh, it's good to meet you, Craig. I always uh, enjoy meeting a multi-instrumentalist. Um, I'm oh, contractually okay. obligated to bring up They Might Be Giants every episode. So I, oh, okay. I have a tremendous amount of respect. <laughs> every episode. Yeah. play like 30 <laughs> instruments. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to go listen to a lot of your catalog after this. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, it's it, it's it's great. Oh, it's I'm excited. Like their music yeah. is fantastic. It's right up your alley. We, we I love, I love Celtic back. stuff, yeah. anyways. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. Great to yes, meet thanks, you, Craig. Craig. Thank you. Yes. yes. Nice to meet all of you. Thank you very much. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.